The top security advisors from South Korea, the U.S., and Japan gathered in Seoul for their first meeting since the August summit at Camp David. Ahead of the sit-down, President Yoon noted that the trilateral cooperation had grown in importance amid armed conflicts worldwide and threats to the rules-based order. What came out of the trilateral gathering? For further analysis, we connect with Dr. Kim Byung-ju of the Hankook University of Foreign Studies. Good morning, Dr. Kim. Good morning. Hope you had a decent weekend. I did. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, can we first provide the background for the latest trilateral security meeting? It was a product of the Camp David Agreement, right? It was indeed. Actually, uh, these three figures, uh, Korea's national security advisor, uh, along with his counterpart from the United States and also a Japanese national security secretary, secretary general, uh, Akiba Takeo, three of them. Uh, met together this time, this Saturday, as you reported, but also uh, their previous meeting was about six months ago, June 15th, they met. Mm -hmm. And what's happening here is, as you mentioned, uh, at Camp David, uh, the presidents agreed mm -hmm. that these national security advisors should meet um, at least, um, um, well, more than once a year. Mm -hmm. And so regularizing, kind of quasi-regularizing the meeting. And uh, as a result of this agreement uh, at the uh, Camp David, uh, the three figures met this time after six months of uh, meeting uh, last time. And uh, the issue uh, range, issue scope was pretty broad. Mm -hmm. uh, North Korea was on the top of the list and but along with that of course the global supply chain cooperation uh supply chain related early warning initiatives for instance and also they talked about emerging technologies disruptive mm -hmm. technologies and how they could mean uh opportunity as well as threat for national security mm -hmm. uh and uh, different kinds of uh you know critical supplies and what it means for economic and industrial security mm. uh, altogether, and then uh, climate change issues also. They also, interestingly, uh, of course, no surprise, they talked about Taiwan Straits, mm. the peace and stability need for those, and uh, also the, the freedom of navigation uh, in South China Sea and East uh, China Sea as well. And also, they talked about the three countries' needs to work together, you know, to coordinate their Indo-Pacific strategies mm -hmm. and then uh, working further along with Indo uh, India as well as uh, Australia and the key mm -hmm. allies in the region as well. So the issue scope was uh, rather broad. <laughs> I think we're having a little bit of difficulty with the connection. Uh, Dr. Kim, can you hear us? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, now I can hear you much better. I, I think okay. from time to time, uh, our, the connection gets weak, and I'll, I'll just let you know if we're um, having difficulty Please. on our ends. Our, our apologies. Uh, but mm -hmm. you. as you as you elaborated, it's not just a focus on North Korea. It, it's a pretty broad range of security issues, uh, touching upon foreign affairs, defense, national security, uh, uh, supply chain, tech, 
climate change, to name just a few. <laughs> you're, you're running out of breath. There. I, I am a little bit because... <laughs> anyway, I, the, the list is long. That's the point. Yeah. I, I think so. But of yeah. course, there was a great deal of focus on uh, trying to address North Korea's escalating nuclear threats. And I'm wondering if you can elaborate on that front too. What was discussed in that regard? Uh, the all obvious points that we can guess altogether and then of course uh, they need to be discussed big time uh, for example latest uh, provocation by north korea that is uh, launching the uh, military reconnaissance uh, satellite uh, through their space uh, you know rocket using their space rocket technology mm -hmm. and what we know is uh, russia is behind it mm -hmm. and so north korea russia cooperation uh, along with this north korea's enhancement of uh, reconnaissance, uh, military intelligence capability. Uh, North Korea, of course, is under the international sanction that prohibits uh, launching or testing of these kind of missiles, uh, rockets, mm -hmm. rocket and missile technologies. So, but they violated. And then uh, we know United Nations the Security Council that had originally imposed these kind of sanctions did not take uh, very serious action, mm -hmm. all because. China and Russia are sitting in the Security Council. And so this international body is not uh, making real difference in terms of sanctioning North Korea. Instead, uh, you know, bilateral sanctions such as what United States, Australia, Korea, uh, Japan uh, imposed uh, together uh, early this month after uh, you know, this launching of the satellite, mm. that's what we see here. And um, it cr creates concern that multilateral action is not coming along. And so uh, they were talking about different ways of, uh, you know, generating this kind of multilateral action, uh, overcoming the opposition from China and, and Russia. Uh, so that's what they discussed in terms of uh, uh, North Korean threat here. Mm -hmm. And uh, they promised a tighter cooperation on the going forward. Uh, a regular meetings and sharing of vital information. Uh, of course, uh, three nations jointly conducted their first aerial drills in October. Maritime introduction exercise near the Korean Peninsula. It was a first mm -hmm. in seven years, so heightened collaboration in that front. I mean... I guess one of the more fundamental questions I think eventually we would want to ask you, Dr. Kim, and I don't expect an answer out of you right away. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's this underlying question of is progress sustainable considering the electoral changes in Seoul and Washington and that possible return of Trump and even that periodic flare-ups in South Korea over historic disputes with Japan. That's something that we're waiting to see. Uh, I also want to ask you, Dr. Kim, we heard Korea-U.S.-Japan summit next year may be hosted right here in Korea. Uh, how would that work with the ongoing efforts to also host the Korea-Japan-China summit here as well? Could the hosting of one event threaten the likelihood of another? Uh, that's a very interesting question, and we need to talk about that. But relating to your earlier point of you know, further stabilizing mm. this trilateral cooperation system, keeping in mind the November, U.S. November election coming up next year. Uh, this kind of mechanism that we see the National Security Advisors meeting, regularized one, and also proposals for, uh, you know, trilateral summit next year, um, possibly being hosted here in Korea, could actually help alleviate uh. 
these concerns and could help indeed for the stabilizing the cooperation system and uh, meaning that binding the U.S. government, no matter who sits in the in the White House, mm. uh, different persons sitting in the White House will definitely make a difference. But but uh, you know, uh, establishment. Uh, foreign policy, national security, defense, the establishment of different countries, what they agree is uh, to the extent that they create all these different kind of bodies underneath, uh, below the White House level, uh, they believe that we can stabilize the relationship uh, mm. more and kind of bind the the system and then kind of uh, tie the hands, in the, uh, impose certain limits in terms of what White House can uh, shaken, you know, like mm. destabilize. So uh, those efforts are being made. Okay. Going back to your original uh, question of how this you know, U.S.-Korea-Japan uh, summit could affect uh, the trilateral summit on this in this part of the world, the U.S., uh, the Korea, Japan, and China. Uh, the way I see it, I think it's a good idea for Korea to host both trilateral oh. summits here uh, because. Uh, uh, with the possible destabilization or destabilizing effect being seen on the side of U.S. White House here, Korea needs to, uh, you know, I should say strengthen or repair, or, you know, repair its ties with China. And uh, when those efforts are being made uh, beyond tri uh, bilateral scope, meaning Japan involved and then uh, you know, I think that trilateral system of Korea, Japan, China summit is something that we definitely need, you know, to minimize the risk of that will come possibly after next year. Mm. And so we need to have that here. And at the same time, having uh, Korea, U.S., China, Japan summit, on on the other hand, also very important because we are balancing these mm. uh, both sides, China and the United States. Now, that uh, you know any either of the two balls be and so it's better to have two mechanisms going and then it's better for South Korea so here since so people some emissions in the same year uh, mm -hmm. back to back I think uh, it will not make the situation more difficult but I think it will make situation actually more positive that's my personal view on Dr. Kim, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, diplomacy has always been delicate. Doesn't matter which order we actually host these summits. Right, right. That's a good question as well. I guess there will be some difference. I didn't give careful thoughts to mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. but the answer would be of uh, a difference of not as much of significant magnitude. Uh, mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I don't think the answer to that question mm -hmm. will make as much of a difference, but foreign policymakers probably will mm. uh, make a judgment on that. And of course, China is involved here as well. So <laughs> China will not necessarily make a situation where the United States take an advantage or whatever. So uh, whatever the decision comes up, uh, so Seoul government comes up, it will not be uh, entirely implemented as it as it hopes, because mm. we have, you know, counterparts here and so on. But uh, 
Yeah, the sequence of it. Uh, that will be my homework. I might get back to you next week. <laughs> Great question, though. Yeah, Dr. Kim, because you're the only one I can ask. But nonetheless, <laughs> I, I appreciate you highlighting the point that the order perhaps is not as important as the fact that hosting both the Korea-U.S.-Japan Summit and the Korea-Japan-China Summit is important. Right. Uh, our mm-hmm. next question today, the National Security Advisors of Korea and the U.S. additionally held their first bilateral technology talk. Uh, do we know what came up yeah, this is very interesting you had already touched upon in your earlier reports today but the, the name of this session bilateral technology cooperation session inaugurated is called next generation critical and emerging technologies dialogue between uh, Korea and the United States and these two national security advisors mm-hmm. uh, you know started this one mm-hmm. and uh, the idea was had been initially established by the two presidents in April when uh, President Yoon visited uh, White House uh, through his state visit. President Yoon visited the United States so many times uh, this year, so we get co- <laughs> confused. Uh, but this is <laughs> this idea was set up in April state visit, okay, <laughs> not the Camp David in August, but you know. Anyway, <laughs> sequence matters, as you mentioned. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a tough job because he has visited the United States so many times. But anyway, uh, what what really is important here is the scope of this technology cooperation. Uh, you know, uh, Korea's Ministry of Foreign Affairs established their own kind of bureau on uh, technology diplomacy. Uh, I think it was last year. And when I first heard it, it sounded kind of really new and uh, I wasn't, uh, perfectly persuaded whether they actually need to create such a technology diplomacy. But now, now I can see more mm. because you know all these things come have that uh, come onto the table. And basically, six areas of technologies were dealt with this time through this next generation critical and emerging technologies dialogue here in Seoul. Uh, first one is the area that really matters a lot for Korea, that is semiconductor, semiconductor supply chains mm-hmm. and technology. That's number one. Number two is what matters for Korea also uh, uh, in the future, big time, biotech. Mm-hmm. Biotech is very important. And then the other one is also very important area, batteries and clean energy technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, Korea is leading the field in the world and wants to continue to lead the field. So battery is critical. Mm-hmm. And then uh, fourth one is quantum science and technology. That's that's a little bit further into the future, but Korea has to have its its. Mm-hmm. Uh, its participation uh, included. So quantum is the fourth area. Mm. Fifth area is digital connectivity. And then last one is uh, artificial intelligence. Mm. And all among these six areas, digital connectivity is something that our uh, listeners may wonder what, what it is. It's mm. uh, about cloud and IT security mm. uh, included here. And so that's called digital tech, uh, connectivity. And in this on this table of this discussing technologies, not only the national security and uh, diplomacy related agencies like the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, uh, but also Ministry of uh, Industry, Ministry of Health, Ministry mm-hmm. of Science, mm-hmm. uh, they all participated together. So this was a very important area. And if we had more time, I can get into all these different areas, such as like energy case, uh, ah. you know, en- energy uh, storage system you talked about. And then uh, semiconductors case and uh, the technology center being set up jointly. 
And then, uh, you know, biotechnology is one's called the 1.5 track of cooperation mm. between government and uh, industry uh, and uh, different areas like AI's case, there will be a Uh, a new kind of form, forum that will be kicked up mm. and especially next year Korea will be hosting AI safety summit and uh, there is a lot to be discussed in terms of military side and so on but we can, we can deal with this uh, issue at a separate uh, segment perhaps so it's a little <laughs> but a very interesting development though however you know technology cooperation in the diplomacy area interesting concept. Absolutely. So you provided us with a big framework. And as the country gets ready to host the AI Safety Summit, I'm sure we'll have another day to go a little bit deeper mm -hmm. into all those yeah. aforementioned categories. Uh, our, our final question of the day, strictly due to restraint of time, <laughs> uh, on Korea-U.S. security cooperation, the U.S. Senate and House Armed Services Committees announced their final NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act Conference Agreement, last Wednesday. What should yeah. we take note of, Dr. Kim? Yeah, this uh, Wednesday development, last Wednesday's development in uh, the Capitol Hill, United States, you know, both houses are great. So they are going to go back to each houses, uh, each house, and then they will pass the law. And NDAA is important because it's Congress uh, giving its approval in terms of how United States uh, in 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 one part of this bill is how approval for how United States is going to defend Korea here. Mm -hmm. uh, it's all about their entire national defense, but important part is there for Korea. And this time, uh, Congress's uh, you know, approval to keep or urge uh, requirement for U.S. government to keep uh, 28.5 thousand U.S. troops here in Korea. And also they required the reports about how things are going in terms of the upcon transfer, uh, wartime operation operational command of the two militaries here how progresses are being made in terms of its transfer from the united states to to korea and uh, there were different kinds of uh, requirements in terms of strengthening u.s korea uh, cooperation for national defense and one part that relates back to the uh, issue that we talked about was this uh, creation of a system where uh, intelligence operation will be carried out in terms of the U.S. Commerce Department's, mm. uh, you know, business security, uh, the, the Industrial Security Bureau. And so there will be uh, further cooperation watching dual technologies and uh, how uh, U.S. and Korean government work together in terms of uh, maintaining uh, both sides security through the technology cooperation and so on. So it was a, a broad bill, but the good news is that the you know, U.S. Congress remains very firm mm. in terms of defending Korea the way it has been uh, so far in the past. Thank you very much, Dr. Kim. Uh, I think one of these days we'll have to extend your segment to be like the entire hour. <laughs> and then finally we'll have enough time. <laughs> yeah, the, that I agree with you on that one. But I have to make it interesting and fun. And I'm, I think I can do that. I think you can do it <laughs> too. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Thanks. Kim. We appreciate it. Appreciate it. Mm. Okay, bye-bye. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.